Chapter Twenty of the Mysteries of Paris, Volume One. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Mysteries of Paris, Volume One, by Eugène Sue. Chapter Twenty, The Departure. Thanks to the care of Murphy and Rodolphe who with difficulty calmed his agitation, the Chourineur was completely restored to himself, and was alone with the prince in one of the rooms on the first floor in the house. "'My lord,' said he, despondingly, "'you have been very kind indeed to me, but, hear me, I would rather be a thousand times more wretched than I have been yet, than become a butcher.' "'Yet reflect a little.' why my lord when i heard the cry of the poor animal which could not make the slightest resistance when i felt its blood spring into my face hot blood which seemed as coming from a living thing you cannot imagine what i felt then i had my dream all over again the sergeant and those poor young fellows whom i cut and stabbed who made no defence and died giving me a look so gentle that they seemed as if they pitied me. My lord, it would drive me mad. And the poor fellow hid his face in his hands with a convulsive start. Come, come, calm yourself. Excuse me, my lord, but just now the sight of blood, of a knife, I could not bear. At every instant it would renew those dreams which I was beginning to forget to have every day my hands and feet in blood, to cut throats of poor animals who do not so much as make a struggle. Oh, no, no! I could not for the world. I would rather lose my eyesight at once like the schoolmaster than be compelled to follow such a business. It is impossible to depict the energic gesture, action and countenance of the Chourineur, as he thus expressed himself. Rudolph was deeply affected by it, and satisfied with the horrible effect which the sight of blood had caused to his prodigy. For a moment the savage feeling, the bloodthirst instinct, had overcome the human being in the Chourineur, but remorse eventually overwhelmed the instinct. That was as it should be, and it was a fine lesson. "'Forgive me, my lord,' said the Chourineur in a faltering voice. "'I make but a bad recompense of your kindness to me, but—' "'Not at all, my good fellow. "'I told you that our bargain was conditional. "'I selected for you the business of a butcher, "'because your inclinations and taste seemed to lie in that direction. "'Alas, my lord, that's true, and had it not been for what you know of— that would have been the trade of all others I should have chosen. I was only saying so to Monsieur Murphy a little while since. As it was just possible that your taste did not lie that way, I have thought of another arrangement for you. A person who has a large tract of property at Algiers will give me up for you one of the extensive farms he holds in that country. The lands belonging to it are very fertile and in full bearing, but I will not conceal from you 
This estate is situated on the boundaries of the Atlas Mountains, that is, near the outposts, and exposed to the frequent attacks of the Arabs, and one must be as much of a soldier as a husbandman. It is, at the same time, a redoubt and a farm. The man who occupies this dwelling, in the absence of the proprietor, will explain everything to you. They say he is honest and faithful, and you may retain him as long as you like. Once established there, you will not only increase your means by your labor and ability, but render a real service to your country by your courage. The colonists have formed a militia, and the extent of your property, the number of your tenants who will depend on you, will make you the chief of every considerable troop. Heeded by your courage, this band may be extremely useful in protecting the properties which are throughout the plain. I repeat to you that this prospect for you would please me very much, in spite of, or rather in consequence of the danger, because you could at the same time display your natural intrepidity, and because, having thus expiated, and, as I may say, ransomed yourself from the great crime, your restitution to society would be more noble, more complete, more heroic, if it were worked out in the midst of perils in an unconquered clime, than in the midst of the quiet inhabitants of a little town. If I did not first offer you this, it was because it was probable that the other would suit you, and the latter is so hazardous that I would not expose you to it without giving you the choice. There is still time, and, if this proposition for Algier does not suit you, tell me so frankly, and we will look out for something else. If not, to-morrow evening shall be signed, and you will start for Algier with a person commissioned by the former proprietor of the farm to put you in full possession. Two years' rent will be due, and paid to you on your arrival. The land yields three thousand francs a year. Work, improve it, be active, vigilant, and you will soon increase your comfort and the security of the colonists, whom you will aid and assist, I am sure, for you will always be charitable and generous. And remember, too, to be rich implies that we should give much away. Although separated from you, I shall not lose sight of you, and never forget that I and my best friend owe our lives to you. The only proof of attachment and gratitude I ask is to learn to write and read as quickly as you can, that you may inform me regularly, once a week, what you do, and to address yourself to me direct, if you need any advice or assistance. It is useless to describe the extreme delight of the Chourineur. His disposition, his instincts, are already sufficiently known to the reader, so that he may understand that no proposal could have been made more acceptable to him. Next day all was arranged, and the Chourineur set out for Algier. End of chapter 20 Recording by Hokus Pokus